Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, everybody. The voiceover went out in the first part of the podcast, so I'll be introducing our show for this week. This week, we're going to be doing Budokan. But before we do, we've got a bunch of news this week. I want, I'd actually like to start with a couple of events that are coming up. All right. um, there's a lot going on in the uh, Amiga world. Um, Brad Arnold sent me a message, and uh, he said that the Vintage Computer <laughs> Festival Southeast 5 is scheduled for April 29th and 30th in Atlanta. Oh, my. They are putting together an Amiga thing. Okay? Scheduled to attend are... David Haney, Zach Wedden, and Trevor from Aeon. Aeon. I don't know how you say that. That sounds pretty good. They're also going to have a showing of Viva Amiga and some kind of panel. Panel, you say? Yeah. So, um, what? It, what That's nice that they're doing something down there. In how far of a drive is it in down to Atlanta? I've been to Atlanta twice. I drove down both times. Oh, I would say... Seven or eight hours, maybe. The uh, problem is, of course, the traffic. Uh, for you local folks, if there are any, uh, and I try to go to this con every year, Korgs, Korgs, which is the uh, uh, Columbus, Ohio Retro Gaming Society, is uh, putting on their big Korgs Con 2017. Uh, this year, it's going to be bigger and better. They say it's it's uh, Saturday, May 27th. 10 to 4 a.m., and it's at the uh, McCoy Center uh, in, on, in Hillard, Ohio, which is just outside of Columbus. Uh, seven bucks gets you in the door. Ten bucks gets you in there at 9 a.m. The early bird special. Kids are free, 10 and under. I go to this. I went. I didn't go last year, but I went the previous two or three years to it, and then one time before. If you're into it's rare it, to have something so close that we talk about. That's right. Um, it's uh, Columbus is about two and a half hours from us. Um, they, I always find stuff there that's interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen any Amiga stuff there one time. I don't know. They have classic Atari computer stuff. They'll have some C64 stuff, but it's mostly uh, console stuff. Mm -hmm. They do have... I've picked up some good console stuff there. One thing I pick up there quite a bit is joysticks and, and like... Um, peripherals that you wouldn't think about like uh, I, I got my multi-car for the Atari there I got uh, 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 lots of IO stuff you know like uh, RF stuff you know hookups for computers and video games and power supplies you can get that stuff on the cheap it's a good time it's gotten to be quite huge and they've got lots of artists there that work in the, in the realm of video sure. games. That's how they make a lot of their money, I'm sure. Sure, one of these sure. Cons. And so th it's a good one. It's 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 an older crowd. It's not like the one they have in Huntington. This is an older crowd that goes this, but it's probably getting younger every year. Uh, I know last year there was a, uh, if you've heard of a, uh, a podcast called uh, Now You're Playing With Podcast, this is sort of their home con. 
And I, I, I like those guys. And they usually, like last year, they had an Odyssey 2 competition on the big screen or two years ago when I was there with the Odyssey the, with the voice hooked up. which It's pretty unusual. Mm-hmm. And so that was fun. So there's good competitions, good fun. So if anybody's in Columbus, near Columbus, uh, that should be a treat. And I will probably, this year I think I'm going to go up. I think I'm going to give that make a journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, lastly for me, uh, Amy Kit 9 has released a new version for the Mac. I don't usually cover the Mac, but, uh, hey, if you got a Mac, you might as well get some Amiga action. Mm-hmm. I'll use Amy Kit. Boat likes uh, Amy Kit as well. And uh, this new version does some pretty interesting stuff, including uh, uh, some kind of weird thing that lets you run Mac stuff from inside the Amiga OS, which is interesting. That is. Uh, and... Uh, uh, it looks sharp. I'm sure it runs great too. And one thing with the it's Mac. amazing. Um, you know, I saw. I think it might have been Amy Kit on uh, on a tablet, you know, too, on Facebook or something, Twitter sure. or something. And uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I've got an Android tablet that's a couple of years old sitting over there unused. I may try and install it on there just to see how far I can go. Yeah, I, I, and you know, with the way the Mac is, it probably will run pretty well. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I'm sure. You know, I don't know what the. I mean, it's got minimum requirements, but I, it may or may not meet. But like I said, I use the Windows. When I can't get something to run on the 12. Or it's something, like, for example, I wanted to play, I thought, you know, we never did a Amigos play for Hybris. Mm. And I thought, hey, I'm going to do one, because I like Hybris, I'm going to give this a girl. Well, I can't play Hybris anymore on the 1200. Why not? Because of my mouse issue. Oh, yeah. Every time I do anything, I just, I use up all my explosions. But right. In that game, you can spin the mouse and, it'll, and the button, and it comes up, so I can't play anymore. And, I, and Walker is another game I can't play on the, on the Amiga, because it's mouse-based, so... Mm. It does restrict me to a certain degree until I get that problem fixed. So sometimes when I need to, a, a good uh, emulator on those rare occasions, I'll load up Amy Kit. Makes it nice and simple. So, so uh, that's pretty much all I've got news wise. Uh, but uh, I, I saw there were some updates for the Vampire Two. Mm-hmm. They came out. I think it was Gold, the Gold Two update, which adds some functionality. I've seen a lot of vampires being sold now, uh, like from end users, not from the company. And so those are going around. Are, they, are these people that are just, you know, they, they're just trying to... Uh, well, I, I think they just have, are moving on right, or moving whatever. On. Mm-hmm. Or they're, maybe they're trying to get take a little profit out of it mm-hmm. since they got a real good deal on to start with. Right. And I don't know the Vampire 2s, how, what the, I don't know if the Vampire 1s aren't, if there's a if there's a major leap there. You know, yeah. I'm not sure because I'm obviously going to have one. But uh, uh, so... The day is probably coming where those things are going to be a little more plentiful. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know. The but price is, I mean, that's that's good for everybody because yeah. that that should mean the price will come down a little bit. Uh, I, I'm I'm not optimistic on that. To be honest with you, I think it's going to stay high for quite a while. Uh, and these guys, whenever they sell one on eBay, it sells for pretty good money. Yeah. So I don't, you know, unless there's just a really crippled one out there and you mm-hmm. can get a good deal on it, you're probably boned. Uh, we've got. Uh, Site updates. Actually, you know what? The last uh, the last thing we should talk about is kind of a sad a sad thing. Uh, found out some bad news about Jimmy White. What? Oh, party. about his apartment. Yeah, his, I saw his, that. his apartment. I guess there was an electrical fire, and uh, Aaron and I are both uh, new newly crowned fans of the Shinooka, and uh, we um, our thoughts go out to Jimmy White and hope that uh, you know he's able to. Uh, Kind of put his life back together. I couldn't imagine having your, your place burned down like well, that. Well, I think somebody mentioned that they were happy they'd proven it was an electrical fire. That's the was arson, and, yeah. and, and a drunken <laughs> mayhem or something like that. It's funny. I was talking to uh, uh, my buddy. We were playing pool uh, uh, last week, and I was talking about, man, I, I, I've watched this thing. We've been playing a snooker. And 
after my pool performance, I don't need to be anywhere near a snooker table. I mean, it is. I am god awful. I'm horrible at that. Several times I've considered buying a pool table for down here. Oh yeah. Um, then you play. Yeah. Then I play and stick I realize, with pinball. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Plus, pool takes up a lot of room. Yeah. Let's not let's not kid okay. ourselves. Um. So uh, we've got some side updates. Yeah, a lot of side a lot updates. of side updates. It was crazy. Um, let's start with uh, we have Amigos Magazine issue three has been released. Outstanding. This um, this is this is every time it gets better. Yeah, and and, uh, and uh, having flipped to the second one and read to all of the first one and read all of this one, it's great. Yeah, the uh, elite thing in this is uh, uh, stupendous. The uh, information it's great. It's professional. I mean, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love what he's done here. I with can the read it on contents. my phone. Yeah, you know, which is great. I read it on the. I've got a little iPad Mini when I'm eating breakfast. I just, <laughs> just go through it. I just like I have it loaded up, and then when I'm at work and I've got a spare moment, or if I'm sitting in traffic and someone else is driving, I'll mm-hmm. whip over and have a look at it. And man, I've, that's how I've read all of it so far. Just you know, in little nitpick, little nudges, and it, was, it worked great like that. Yeah, uh, I love that he puts. You know, he has this huge feature. On Elite. Yes. Um, Made it very exhaustively good. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved reading about all the different versions. I didn't really know much about the sequels. Of course, I've played Elite Dangerous. Uh, I love that, that he has the charts <laughs> here. Yeah. Now, I've got to say that, let's see, this is February 1991. This has to be like the low point of all music history. When the Dude to Bartman is yeah. number one. I, yeah. I did. I was. I, in fact, this list is. It's, it's one dud after another. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a couple there that I can tolerate. Like, I like Kylie Minogue, but I don't like that song. And, uh, you know, CNC Music Factory, that's sort of dopey, iconic music now. Mm-hmm. It's so ludicrous. Uh, but yeah, it, I looked at that list and I'm like, man, when do the Bart manage number one song, you got big problems. Yeah. You know what? The UK has this tradition of having goofy number one songs. They do. Like the young ones had that song, they hit number one. And they've got the you know, they've got the whole Christmas thing too, releasing the Christmas single yeah. that really strange. Yeah, yeah. So um, but anyway, uh, check out uh, Amigos magazine issue three on newsstands now. You can find it on amigospodcast.com. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, Aaron, you put together a pretty exhaustive compilation of all the worst <laughs> fighting games. No, it was it was only exhaustive in playing the game. <laughs> yeah, I put out the ultimate martial arts comp- bad martial arts compilation. It was really just it was three games that were all. It's funny as I was doing these, I was like, I'm going to release a bunch of these martial arts. That's going to be great. Well, they're so bad that I just can't play them for too long. Yeah. So this one is, uh, I believe, I put uh, it's got. Uh, uh, Human Killing Machine, or Human Fighting Machine, whatever that one was called, and um, uh, Taekwondo, and then the last one is, uh, oh boy, help me out here, Bo, what was that last one? It was it was junk. It was the worst of the three. It was They were all horrible. But uh, yeah, I ran through them. I just took the ones that I couldn't stand to play for more than five minutes and just smushed them into one big video and, and released it. So yeah, if you want to see the worst, and I'm, honestly, there's a lot of, of these games. I was telling Bo, Doing this list is when you see how much stuff isn't on WHD load. I guess no one bothered to do it. And so, and I wasn't going to hunt it down. Although now I've seen a couple of tiles I want to try. But uh, I have a feeling these aren't the worst. Right. I'd say there are much worse ones. And that's that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Human Killing Machine looked awesome. I was dying to figure out what was going on. But I couldn't do anything with it. it was just, I, I, that Russian guy. And if you watch the video, I'm, I'm, at one point I'm whooping this dude's butt. And his energy bar goes, and it just builds back up. I'm like, I'm screwed. And he just comes over and hits me one time and blows me away. I'm like, well, I'm done. 
Um, Dreamcatch has been active as always. Oh man, Big time. Um, he uh, put a, a really great article out about him I'd never heard of called Heimdall the Viking. I'd heard of it, but man, I didn't know anything about it. Now I'm dying to play it. It looks great. We ought to do that for an episode pretty soon. It was. This is the most exhaustive look at a game, including talking with the developers. I mean, Dreamcatcher needs. You know, this one needs to be spread the word. It's all this stuff's great, as I mentioned before. All these guys are great, and, and, and this is a tremendous article. If you're into this at all, he's really good. Um, and uh, oh, Chris Folds actually, he asked if there was any, uh, if there were any Amigas in the. You remember the IT crowd, the British version? There's all those old computers yes, in the basement. That was awesome. And uh, and. Dreamcatch actually tracked down the Center for Computing History's curator, Jason Fitzpatrick, and interviews him about the props on the show. So if you want to know if there was an Amiga in that room, or just at this prop museum, um, then uh, you'll have to read the article. That's that's another crazy one. Those two, Chris coming up with a thought, and then Dreamcatcher going... Just pouncing to, on it. Yeah. I don't know. He knows everyone. It's a tremendous... Another one. I like that show, by the way. I used to watch it all the time back in the day. And laugh. <laughs> yeah, laugh. it's great. It's it's amazing they didn't make a bad U.S. version, or did they? Uh, it seems like they were going to make one. Yeah, it's, I remember hearing about it. It's sort of like remember when they did AbFab over here? And no, like, when they, did they do AbFab? That was here? something they forwarded with. Remember, I think they did a pilot for it. Oh, but who's going to watch no, that? You know, no. nobody. Jeez. Can you imagine like a young ones over here? I think they were going to do that too. There's been every British show is remotely gets, popular. Yeah, he gets remade. Can you imagine like awful. a Mr. Bean or a Blackadder or a Young Ones or a or a Monty Python? So you could. It wouldn't <laughs> it'd be ludicrous. It wouldn't work. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, Dreamcatcher has been uh, talking to David Pleasance. Uh, oh, yes. You know, it's funny because the way that he cranks out these articles, it's like they're best buddies. Um, yeah. He uh, he interviews him just briefly about the um, the new book that he's writing about the Commodore uncut history. That looks like it's going to be the bomb, and yeah. I mean, he's going to drop the bomb. Oh yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there might be some secrets revealed in there. So, um, also, you forgot about your interview. Oh, yeah. I forgot we interviewed one man, of the most the important myth. people in the Amiga scene today, Mr. Chris Foles. <laughs> yes. um, so if you're interested in getting to know uh, Amigo's contributor and uh, all-around great guy, Chris Folds, uh, I do interview <laughs> him on our YouTube channel. And uh, and also the multiple videos you put up about for Chicken this week. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I have not listed those on the blog because I plan on doing what you did, combining all of the, the videos into one. Uh, but I did review the uh, Nintendo version, the Super, or yeah, the Nintendo version, the Super Nintendo Super Alfred Chicken, and also the Game Boy version. But I'm going to have to re-record that because I forgot and muted my microphone. Well done. Yes. Um, so that's it for the events. That's it for the news. That's it for the site updates. That's a lot. Let's jump right in. Um, Bushido. Okay. Budokan. Yeah. All right. Let it go. Let it go. So Budokan, not Bushido. I got it. Okay, Bushido was another game, by the way. It just wasn't on the Bushido game. Blade. Yeah, yeah, that's one too. But I think there was a game just called Bushido. There, yeah, I'm sure there was. Um, Budokan, the Martial Spirit. This game was uh, released in ninety nineteen ninety two discs. This is one of the ones I actually own in disc form. I don't have the box for it. Uh, it was created by a guy named Mike Kasaka. Uh, this guy on the Amiga did a lot of stuff that you would have heard of. He did 688, Attack Sub, which is one of my favorites. We need to do a good sub game. Uh, you ever played 688? No. I, I used to play it on the PC and the Amiga. The Amiga version is way better. I uh, did Centurion, Destroyer, Ferrari, F1, uh, 
He did Ski or Die, mm. which is not popular. Yes. But he also did Skate or Die. It was one of his. The, not was, on the Amiga. Oh, I was going to say. And he did G.I. Joe on the uh, C64 and World Games, I think, on the C64 as well. So he did Skate or Die, World Games, and G.I. Joe on 64. And he also was responsible for Madden 94. So Interesting. He had a pretty wide array of, uh, of uh, gaming activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, this runs on the OCS. Nothing special about it. Um, it was... Uh, converted to a lot of systems. Amiga was not its native port, which I'll get into, but it had the usual suspects. You've got your Amstrads, uh, your C64, 128s, uh, your MSX, mm-hmm. uh, the Genesis slash Mega Drive, ZX Spectrum, the Tandy PC version, and the PC DOS version. The uh, native, the original version of this was on the PC, which that actually may explain a few things which we'll get into later about the way the, the pace, I guess, of this game. Right. Um, the uh, this is a basically to sum up this game, and I'll we'll get into it more thoroughly. Uh, this uh, Budokan is a game uh, where you are uh, simulating training and eventually fighting in a varying degree of martial arts, handed uh, or empty-handed and weapon-based. What do they martial call arts. What is the opposite of empty-handed? Full-handed. Full-handed? I guess. I don't know. With a thing. In with your a hand. thing. Um, the, uh, eventually, if you, if you, after you're finished practicing and trying to learn what you're doing, you can enter the uh, Budokan, the tournament, the Budokan, and it's the Nippon Budokan in Tokyo. Uh, the Budokan is a real building, and I'm sure... If everyone's like boat, tell them where you heard of Budokan boat. And I'm surrender, sure. surrender. Oh, I didn't know we were going on that road. Don't give yourself away. Oh, I'm sorry, folks. Um, the Budokan is a actual building, and like I mentioned, it's in it's in a, a, a place called Chota, Tokyo. Which you've probably you've been to Tokyo, right? I've been to Tokyo. I've not been to the Budokan. Okay, do you know where Chota is in Tokyo? No. Um, this thing is huge. It uh, seats 14,000 people. It was built in 64 for the Olympics. Uh, it was for the uh, judo competition at the 64 Olympics, which you can imagine in Japan that would be huge. Oh, sure. So it's been around for a while. Uh, in English, Bushido translates to Martial Arts Hall. So they didn't really put a lot of thought in the name, I guess. <laughs> um, have you heard of a place called Kitanumaru Park? No. Okay, that's... It's uh, that's where it's at the center of Tokyo. It says it's two distant, two miles, uh, two minutes walking distance from the uh, Kusudanshita subway station. Okay, and it's near the Yas- Yasukuni Shrine. I'm, I'm saying this because boats been to Tokyo. I've only been, I, I, I've only been to Akihabara, really. I went to Super Potato. Um, so this is a huge stadium that uh, is pretty interesting. I'd heard of it because of wrestling. Uh, it's a uh, place where big shows are held. Uh, in, in Japan, uh, including uh, uh, big New Japan shows, if you're into wrestling, or uh, All Japan ran there, Which and, and Noah runs there, too. You know, 14,000 capacity, I guess, is that is that about average for, like, you know, Madison Square Garden? Does that hold? No, it, I'd it, say it, that's more than the garden holds. Okay. I'd say. The garden's not that big, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the site of one of the infamous bad fights of all time. Uh, Muhammad Ali versus Antonio Inoki. Mm. Are you familiar with this fight? Tell me about it. People consider this the first truly mixed martial arts fight in history. It's not, but it's the first big one, probably. And the 
it, the lead up to it was unusual because Ali thought it was going to be a fake fight, a, a wrestling match. Mm -hmm. And then Anoki was going to use this to make his name. Anoki was a, sort of almost like a household name in Japan for not just wrestling fans. He was very popular. And they they went back and forth around the rules on this on this uh, on this event until finally the day of the the day of the day before they decided that Inoki couldn't. Uh, there were, he basically Ali could punch, but Inoki couldn't take Ali down. And so what ended up happening, and I'm sure some of you guys have seen this, it's pretty famous. Inoki spent the entire fight on his butt, scooting around the ring, kicking Ali in the legs, and then Ali spent the entire fight laughing at Inoki. And punched him wherever he got anywhere near him. And it was 12 rounds, I think it was that. It was horrible. It's one of the ultimate bad fights. The undercar had a much more amusing fight, which it was from uh, uh, the Mets Stadium there in New York. It was Andre the Giants against Chuck Webner, who was a uh, perennial boxing contender. Uh, and, he from, and he had the distinction of knocking down Muhammad Ali in a fight. And uh, he still got killed in that fight. But he did knock him down once, and so... This had the infamous bit where uh, Andre headbutted Chuck Webner, picked him up, and threw him out of the ring. It was really awesome. If you feel like looking it up, so but it was on the same. It was the undercard for the Inoki fight. Uh, there's been a lot of other stuff held there. If you're into Pride uh, fighting, uh, K1 Shuto, so it's the perfect place to uh, house a martial arts tournament, as it's housed many times. Oh, good God! Um, also, the Budokan's known as boat attested earlier to. Hold rock shows. The Beatles played there. First a band to play in the Budokan. Cheap Trick played there, of course. And Bob Dylan. They were probably the biggest acts that played there. An act called Chat Chat Monarchy. Have you ever heard of Chat Monarchy? Mm -mm. They hold the record for the largest crowd in the Budokan, according to Wiki. I've never heard of this band, so they must either be Japanese or from another place. Uh, so, I guess where I'm going here, the Budokan is a big deal. And uh, uh, it's... Uh, it's the perfect backdrop for a game like this. So, the game. You have, uh, you start out in a courtyard uh, at some sort of shrine. You have, uh, you have like, uh, buildings on either side of you that you can go and train in. You've got, you can train in open-handed karate. Uh, you can have uh, kendo. You can have uh, a bow staff training. And then you can also have nunchaku uh, training and you go in here and you can train in here you can have fights with the computer in here and uh, and and the fighting the fighting system this is pretty advanced wouldn't you say there's it's well thought out you know the, it, this was not designed to be a button mashing experience right um, you the it's rather lionheartish in that um, Pressing a button does nothing. You know, you, you, you press and hold a button and then hold a direction to do something. Um, if you get into a certain stance and press the button, you will do something. But simply just like pressing the button does not make does not make anything happen. One thing this game does, and I I had to really to get a full effect of how the game worked, I had to look up the instructions and read some facts and stuff on it. And a lot of what you do will be Pressing forward and then pulling back while hitting the button, or pressing back and then hitting forward and hitting the button, or hitting and, and hitting and or doing that in all the different directions will result in different moves. There's actually a robust set of moves in this. Mm -hmm. um, I can see. I know when I played this back in the day, I was like, "What the hell am I doing? 
I couldn't get any moves. Well, I needed instructions. This is a game where you need instructions to look at and to try and, and to understand at least the positions that get moves to go off. And then once you've learned those positions, you can memorize the moves you like and use those. Uh, it's But it's not like any other fighting game I don't think I've ever played in terms of the way it works with one button. I mean, they had to put a lot of thought into making this game work, uh, in, in, in my opinion. Now, the downside of the fighting in this is it's it's uh, it's lethargic. It's it, it's not a fast-paced game. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, that's a huge turn-off, right? I, I don't mind it, personally. I, I, I kind of like a slower style because it does give you a little bit of time to kind of plan what you're going to do. And with the control like it is, you really sort of need some extra time to, to, to kind of figure out what, what you're going to do. So, as you go through this, there's also, at the top of the screen, there are two bars. There's a stamina bar, and there's a key bar. Uh, stamina is just, it's basically hit points. It will slowly recharge if you don't get hit. Your key is uh, the amount of power you're generating uh, and, and with your strikes. the more And that will regenerate as well. And so, but when you're going bananas, your key drops the zilch. Mm-hmm. So you're not you're you're not doing a ton of damage, but you're going you know you're doing a lot of punching. It's the trade off, yeah. right? And it works pretty well, uh, uh, I think. What did you think about that? The situation with that? I mean, I, I thought that's a pretty good way to go. Yeah, I feel like when you've only got one button, you have to kind of change your your approach to the way you want to do a martial arts game, mm-hmm. especially if you want to make it more realistic. And this is a realistic representation of all these weapons, you know. Um, you're not doing crazy things with the bow staff. You're not flipping it around your head and stuff like that. All of the things that you do are things that you would do with a bow staff if you were a real person. Right. Um, I think the key system is a good way to balance people that just want to mash buttons. Uh, it teaches you to kind of hold back. Um, I I like... To be honest with you, you know this is one of the better martial arts games that I've played on the Amiga. This one, when I was doing my martial arts videos, I had played this years ago, and I'd forgotten how much I liked it. So I was going to include it with the other kind of dud martial arts games that I played. I was like, you know, we need to push this one up because it's got a lot, of, a lot, a lot to offer. Uh, when you finally advance, and of course, there's one thing I should mention. There's also a, an area where you can go to have two player fights, and you can pick amongst the di- different disciplines. Mm-hmm. And, and go and, and have your fights, and then uh, uh, go that route. So that gives you that option too. You can have your two player fights. Now, the main joke of this game, the big draw, is the actual tournament fights, and they don't disappoint, in my opinion. Uh, you've got twelve opponents. They're all different. They all have bios. Before when you start the this, when you start the match, the bio comes up, and I have their uh, discipline and what if they're using a weapon or what did you know what they're using and where they're from and it'll have uh, uh, a little thing a quote about them and it's it gives them background it, it it really works and when you actually fight the guys they look different than your guy there's a couple that look just like your guys one two I'm thinking right there look just like you but there's uh there are are ten men and one woman and then a ninja who is certainly a woman uh, with her eye the way her eyes look mm-hmm. uh, you, when you see her on the screen fighting it looks just like a, a, a man but it's it's a woman uh, and fighting and the neat thing about the tournament is that there are guys in the tournament using weapons that you don't have access to there's a, a guy with a taunt with a set of tonfas which are uh, uh, 
a different type of weapon uh, that were based. All these weapons really came from. Well, I don't know about the bow staff, but the chucks and the and the uh, and the tonka. These are weapons that were that were used in Okinawa when that was an area that was that weapons were forbade in, and so they used farm implements, mm-hmm. including like the size is another sure. one that they use. I believe size they used for like something with doing the wheat, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, so they used these different they used a martial art that incorporated these not weapons and made them into weapons. That's mm-hmm. what we, that's where they came from. And this game's heavily uh, Okinawan-based. If you read the instructions, they talk about the history of Okinawa, which is funny because we just talked about Okinawa uh, on the uh, Karate Kid 2 segment we were talking about last week. Uh, but uh, uh, So I thought that was neat. So I, at least I had a little bit of a basis for it. One thing I thought was... <laughs> I'm just going to bring this up because I thought it was amusing. I'm looking at the manual... And at the very beginning of the manual, it's got this thing. It says it's called "The Monks and the Thieves: A Fable." All right? Did you see this? So the fable is these monks came with wheat to sell to mm-hmm. this village, and they said, "We need enough money to survive," and they sold the villagers their wheat. Then they came back a month later, and the price had doubled. And the villagers are like, "Why is the price double?" It's like, "We need enough money to survive." And thieves have been stealing some of this wheat, and. It's it's we need to sell it for more money to survive, and this and this and uh, people buying it knew some of the thieves. They were kids. They were just taking scoops of the, of the wheat for themselves, and they couldn't understand why it would cause the monks to lose so much wheat. Mm-hmm. And the price got higher and higher and higher, and eventually the monks stopped coming, and people were desperate for this wheat. Where's the wheat? They would say, and this is a parable to talk about why you shouldn't pirate the game. <laughs> which I thought was odd. I mean I've got to give them credit on this it was it was real clever and uh, uh, a good way to start off the manual uh, so don't pirate Budokan please and don't make the children starve but they were equating the villagers with the people that were stealing the game eventually yeah. you want the game if there's no more games you can't afford them anyway so that was kind of I thought that was kind of clever mm-hmm. um, what was your favorite weapon in this oh boy I really like I'm a sucker for the for the classic bow staff. Uh-huh. I was less than impressed with the uh, the nunchucks, the nunchaku. Um, the computer can handle this very better than I can. Yeah. I actually just enjoyed doing the old <laughs> open hand fighting. Um, yeah. Uh, the kendo stuff, I felt like it was difficult for me to control. Also, mm-hmm. um, what's the other one? Is that is that it? You have this, you yeah, have kendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now uh, the the other guys like there's a guy that uses uh, a uh, a chain with the blade on the end. It's funny I've seen that at actual karate tournaments. The guys doing stuff katas with them forms. And they had to clear the whole floor oh, so sure. these guys could do this form with this blade. And they would lay flat on the ground and somehow they could spin this thing right along the ground and then do like a worm and go over. It was really cool. Wow. This one guy made his money off doing this. He just <laughs> this was his thing. He would go. Every, I'd see him at all these tournaments doing this, every, and it would always work. It would yeah. people away. And then Tonfa's one, and then I think there's a guy with like sort of like a sword thing, and then, it was, and then the ninja threw stars, which I thought was neat. And if you read the instructions for this, the instruction manual for this is quite good. And it, it goes into the origins of these uh, different weapons, uh, and why some of them were looked down upon, like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the guys... That's, like, this is back when instruction manuals were instruction yeah, manuals. Yeah, it was, it was really good. And, and the, uh, when, I mean, even without the manual, the background that it gives the characters is good, too. So you get a little flavor for it, even if you don't have a manual. One thing that we haven't talked about is just how breathtakingly beautiful the yeah. backgrounds are in this game. In yeah. this, this, the art. Um, the, uh, the, the, there's animation in these things. 
you're you're fighting in the garden, you know, in the garden in the background, there's a bird that walks across there. This is what karate, international karate plus needed. Yeah, this really, and, and, and this this is an OCS game. Yeah, and and I, I thought the exact same thing. If you could combine the t- a little bit of the speed from from international mm-hmm. karate with this, you really would have something special. The, the, just the uh, uh, the beautiful picture of the Budokan, the uh, uh, like there's one there, you know, like you're looking out the window in these various places. There's all kinds of stuff going on. It looks like a living world. Yeah, and even the fighters themselves, like uh, there's one guy in the tournament that wears this like wig, and even and when you beat this guy, he sloop he slopes over and the wig falls off. You know, just little just things a lot like of personality. That. And the the pictures of the fighters themselves are just. They didn't even have to put flavor text underneath it. Just the pictures have speak volumes about who you're going to be fighting. They just look like real people. And the descriptions, I mean, it fleshes out these guys. You're like, okay, i got to play this guy. I just love that aspect of it because they didn't have to do it. The fact that they put 12 different guys in this, you know, I mean, these are like palette swaps. and something. There's nothing, but I mean, there's a guy that looks like he's Swedish or something. He's blonde. He comes in and does his thing. Then you've got, like I said, the ninja. This guy comes out in this real elaborate armor, you know. It's neat. And it made it made it it makes it fun, and it plus it gives the game uh, a certain depth that it really doesn't actually have. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, two players I've played with my brother many times back in the day, and it's it's pretty much the same as one player. I mean, it moves at the same speed, and it's the same basic thing. I wish there was a way to get to play the other weapons. I don't think there is. If I haven't seen how you do it when you're in when you're in the tournament, uh, you can only pick certain disciplines. So many, all of this ones have you go to pick them so many times. So if you're a big bow nut, for example, you can't just whack guys with bow for 12 rounds. I think you get to use them four times. Mm. So you've got to spread it around a little bit. Yeah. So there's just a little bit of strategy. Who don't want to fight? Okay, this guy, I know he uses a kendo stick. I need to use uh, uh, the chucks here. Or this guy, I know, uses the chain. I need to use uh, the the bow. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. So there's strategy in that element, too. Plus, it's very few people are going to be skilled at every one of these. You know? Right. So, there, so I think that adds a lot to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I really don't have anything to not praise in this, aside from the fact that it's slow. Slow. Yeah. Slow. And again, it's it's an, it's acquired, I guess. I mean, you I can see where people would be turned off by it. It mm-hmm. doesn't turn me off in terms of in terms of the way it runs. Yeah, any thoughts on the, anything else? That's that's really all. That's really all I can say about it. I, I think I, this is sort of an un. An unknown quantity. I don't. I don't think a lot of people have given this much love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think people of the time, including myself, were like, uh, "Man, this isn't Street Fighter at all, or Mortal Kombat." Mm-hmm. Um, this is the skate to Tony Hawk. There, if you want to make a modern comparison. Yeah. Well, you got to think. Nineteen ninety. I'm trying to think what year Street Fighter came out. Nineteen ninety. Right. So same year. But Street Fighter Two. So that's what I'm thinking. Of. Street Fighter Two is later, '91. But when I played this, it was several years later after it was released. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's not a fighting game like that. Mm-hmm. There, there was a game for the uh, PlayStation that was a, sort of a realistic samurai game. I can't remember the name of it, but it uh, was Bushido. Blade. Was that Bushido? Yeah. Blade? And that was a great game. And again, it sort of reminds me of this. Mm-hmm. It's more advanced and more you can roam around yeah. and stuff. But I mean. You could kill a guy with one or two one, shots, yeah, and, and they're you dead. Could be killed in one or sure, two and, I, and you could get jobbed out by to a guy that sucks. Yeah, he could get lucky, but that's the way real fighting is. Right, you can, right. Guys has a pointy stick; he can run it through you, and you're mm-hmm. done. You know, so I appreciate that. Plus, I've been to karate tournaments. This is probably the closest I've ever seen a depiction of a karate tournament, at least on the screen. Like, mm-hmm. 
you know, the stands or anything. That's it, it's not like there aren't crowds of people yeah. waving money in the air. Now, like where were you going to karate <laughs> tournament? All my karate tournaments were at St. Albans High School. I've been to Columbus. Uh, I've been to uh, what's the town? Ta- Chillicothe. Mm-hmm. There was a huge tournament in Chillicothe, uh, Huntington, Charleston. Uh, I'm telling you, I went to uh, Moorhead. Once for one, so you did a lot of a lot of traveling. I was in for you know for several years, mm-hmm. so I, I, I was in a lot of tournaments. I didn't do well. I won two, I won two fighting trophies in my career, and so it's, and they were both third place. So, well, it's a trophy. You still got it. It was the system. Bring it I, to the show. I don't have week. them. I don't have them. I don't. They 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 were they lost in the were shameful. Time. Yeah yeah. So how this game review? Um, it. Okay, you know it. Uh, it mostly got. It's funny. Some there were there were some brutal reviews. I actually highlighted a couple here. Um, the the nineteen ninety one December edition. This is come on Wiki. I remember Game Pro Magazine. Oh, sure. Right? I, and I'm guessing they were looking at the. Uh, I looked at this for other machines. By the way, it's it's pretty similar across the board in a lot of ways. Uh, the C sixty four. You know, it is what it is. It's mm-hmm. a little different. But the uh, GamePro cited Budokan as one of the worst games of 91. Uh, and they criticized it for its bland gameplay and its unrealistic simulation of the bow. I thought that was a weird one. <laughs> that is weird. Uh, I, to me, this it's, it's totally realistic. Dra- Dragon Magazine, back when they... Remember Dragon Magazine? You probably no, don't, it was, don't it was uh, the, the TSR's uh, uh, role-playing magazine. But they did video games on but the But they side. did some occasionally. Yeah. And, and they gave it four out of five stars back in the day. Something else I thought was weird, meaning that I have a Genesis Model One. Uh, this thing has a this thing won't work on anything beyond the Model One, early Model Ones on the Genesis for some kind of reason. I don't that know is why. that is bizarre. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. I thought that was weird. Um, on the Amiga, though, like I said, uh, in terms of in terms of ratings, I mean, it was all over the board, really. I mean, here's some. There, there's an 85, like Amiga Magazine, 85 percent. Uh, 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 Amiga Power, 63. See you, Amiga thirty five. I mean, that's brutal. How do you kill a game like that? You know, um, uh, so it, it really was all over the map. Uh, the one gave it an eighty one. So you know, probably your bigger magazines. You're looking at something in the eighties, mm-hmm. low eighties, which I think that's a fair. I would probably put this in the B level. You know, eighty six, eighty seven. Sure, I think that that's fair, and that's because. But I mean, if you look at like a sequel to this, would have been outstanding because mm-hmm. if you'd put like an AGA, something that was that you could simulate a quicker game. I mean, graphically, you know, you couldn't ask for much more. No. In, 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 in all honesty, uh, this reminds me of like if you had a karate version of like Summer Games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like that. Except in this, the games are actually the Budokan, and the events, the separate events, are like going to practice. It's sort of the same thing. I, I, kinda, I like that analogy, though. I think yeah. that's apt. in fact it even has that sort of skater die beginning where yeah. you're walking where you're around. Where you walk around, yeah, it is. I hadn't thought about it, but mm-hmm. you're right. You're you're dead on there. So like. Uh, um, look at this guy. He's got his Ace Fraley outfit on. He's ready to party. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, overall, I like it. It's one I'll come back to. Now, is it my favorite? We haven't we haven't talked about. Uh, uh, well, I may have brought up a couple times. I like uh, this game. I liked back in the day called Panzer Kickboxing, which I think has a more elegant fighting system mm-hmm. in terms of because for one thing, you can set your own sticks up the way you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, it's not as pretty as this. But in terms of fighting system, I like it more. But I think this is amongst my favorite fighters on the. Uh, I mean, if you compare this like body blows or something, really, I think this crushes them in mean, oh, a lot of totally. ways. It's more, it's more playable. It's more, it's deeper. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. it's better to look at. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, eBay, eBay. I had a look at this, and for once, you can get this in the states. Uh, 
In the U.S. of A, uh, if you want a box shipped box copy, twenty-two bucks U.S. gold money right there. So if you got twenty-two bucks, you get it. The U.K. it's a little bit more in U.S. dollars. You'd be looking at thirty-two to thirty-five bucks boxed and shipped. Germany a little cheaper, eighteen dollars U.S. Uh, shipped. All these are boxed. The uh, discs. The discs actually were going for a, more than you would think. Somewhere between twelve and seventeen, eighteen bucks for the disc. So I just hold out and get the box. You're going to get it. Um, awesome. Well, it's time, Aaron, for our ever popular "Ask the Amigos" uh, section. Okay. So, um, oh boy, I meant to say, yeah, yes. So uh, we have a couple questions uh, from the chat. Um, so the first question is uh, from Brooke, and Brooke asks, "How long have we been friends?" Oh boy, uh, I'm not good with dates. You want to try to? I think we've been friends about six years. Yeah, uh, it was when I when I moved back home from being overseas <laughs> in uh, late 2010. That's when we started hanging out. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, that sounds about right. We, we met online earlier than that. Six years. Mm -hmm. I've been it's longer than that though. That's when I... When I did you come back? 2010. Yeah, I guess you're right then. I mean, I might have seen you a couple times here and there, but we really started... We started talking online when I was living in England, and that's why you, that's why you called me Boat, because uh, that was my screen name. I got a bad memory. And, um, and uh, but yeah, it seems like it's been longer. It does. I, I don't know what that says about us, though. Well, I guess it's only <laughs> seven years, because it is 2017. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. 2017. That doesn't even seem like a real no, year. It and doesn't. Donald Trump's the president. Where's my flying car? Uh, yeah. What's what's going on? What's what's wrong with the future? Uh -huh. um, the future is now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, so yeah, it's about seven years. Uh, David asks Super Bowl predictions. Um, You're wearing your Colt shirt. Think they'll go all the way this year? I think they will. It's funny. I got this shirt on cut out. So here it is. Um, we all want to root for Atlanta because in the United States, I think unless you're in the Boston area, uh, everyone unified, universally hates New England Patriots. True. And I also hate them. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to pick Atlanta in the upset. I haven't seen the spread on this, but I'm going to go. I'm just going to go straight. I'm going to use the spread. I'm going to say Atlanta wins it by 17 points. I think they're going to. He's taking the points. No, I don't know what the points are. I think it's going to be a 17-point beatdown, but we'll see. It's also wishful thinking. You can also have a Cowboys fan, so obviously I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. What about you? Um, well, you know, my wife, Eep, she is a huge New England Patriots fan. I know. When we first moved to the States, we were living... Uh, when, when she first moved to the States, we were living in Boston, and so that's where she gets that from. Um, I. It's funny because... You know, we're both we're both of our teams are in the same division, and we just don't get the opportunity to watch a lot of Falcons games. I, yeah, that's true. I, I've always seen them twice. And but they look great. Yeah, they look great. They're an offensive machine. That's right. That's what I'm hoping they can just um, run over the uh, pace. So I think that they're going to give Brady a run for his money, even though you look at the records of the two teams, that doesn't appear that way. Well, Atlanta's got a good record. Oh, no, I mean the record by the uh, Patriots against Atlanta. Oh, yeah, but it's a different year. Yeah, Atlanta. yeah. Um, but I'd like to. My only hope for the Super Bowl is to see a close game. I don't want to see a blowout like we had a couple years ago um, with a. Yeah, you know what I'm looking forward to the most in the game, Lady Gaga. I it'll be she, it'll be interesting to see what she does. I hope she just comes out. You know, takes off her clothes. No, I like Lady Gaga because she's a litter. I mean, people don't like her. She's a weird broad. She's a very talented. She's got a great voice. Mm -hmm. She's beautiful. She plays piano. Yeah. 
Very talented. Yeah. You remember when Prince played the halftime show? It was the best. It was the best, right? It was the best. Gaga has a Prince level talent. Maybe not quite there, but she's very talented. Yeah, true. I don't want a, I don't want a political statement. Yeah. I don't want anything about the animals. I don't want to be global warming. I just wanted to come out, play a medley of her hits, dance around, yeah, and, and then, then and then dance off the stage. Right, bam, the bam, game. Bob's your uncle. Right. So who are you picking? Uh, I'm picking. You know, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Falcons. I'm not going to give that much of a spread, though. I'm okay. going to say under 10 points. Spread. Okay. Okay, good. That's good. So they're doomed, and you know. Yeah, 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 it's going to be a blowout. 42 nothing. Yeah. Um, so that's our Super Bowl predictions. Uh, let's see. And, and as we usual, have... we played a football game right before the big day. <laughs> we have, um, can you make a first female Amigo shirt for Brooke? Why, yes, we can. I have the power to do that. I will make Brooke a shirt that says the first female amigo. Who's who's the most famous female amiga person in history? Probably the Chips. Yeah, Denise and Pauline. <laughs> Probably mm. the Chips. No, there were there were women. Like if you look at those staff photographs, right? But I just don't I know don't who, know they, who are. they are. To be honest with you, like I know the lady that designed um, River Raid, Carol, somebody. But and, and there was a that, girl that did Centipede. Okay. Right? And uh, Now, a lot of the programmers that designed a lot of these classic games, they have transitioned into females. Oh, like uh, Mule. Yeah. The, the lady that did Mule. Yeah. Um, but as far as great, sort of... Great theme. Um, great theme. Ladies from the beginning. Yeah. The, did the Amiga didn't get a version of Mule, did they? I don't How think did so. that happen? I think that Mule had kind of run its course by that time. People still yeah. play Mule. I love you? Mule. I think we should play it right now. Uh, Bam, 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 bam. I love that the great theme. song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh. So, yes. The answer to the question Both is will yes. Design I will a design Brooke a shirt. You would have the market corner. I don't think I've ever seen a, a t-shirt designed specifically for Amiga fans that are ladies. Yeah. You should make one. I'm going to I do it I challenge right now. you. It's like the it right when you challenge me to make the game thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's your turn. Okay. I accept. All right. I accept. Um, all right. Well, that is it for the questions for this week. Uh, thank you to everybody who's listening. Thank you to everybody that's hanging out in the chat. We record uh, this week. We recorded Friday at five. Uh, next week we'll record uh, hopefully on Thursday and um, at, at five o'clock. If you want to join us on YouTube Gaming, um, we will uh, we will be here and uh, with another game. Uh, what game are we going to play next week, Aaron? Actually, you know what? Before we do the end of game, I forgot. I skipped over the Patreon people. we got to thank the people that make this show possible, Aaron. Yeah. I will now... Oh, God. I will now recite the names of our Patreon supporters. Uh-huh. Josh Nan, David McCrandles. Jason Wong's Graham W. Vibke. Rob O'Hara Oh, Paul Harrington Lawrence O'Brien, Josh Berlin, Kilburn, Barman, Tapps, Bob McCrimpt Adam, Brad, Chris Walls, Will Williams, Daniel, Brink, Scott O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, Brand Dowdy Special thanks to Zeus Daz and World of Long Place for the in-game footage Nice. That was in honor of Budokan. That was nice. Thank you. Yeah, very. It was cheap, <laughs> and it was a trick. I feel like I've been tricked. <laughs> All right, Aaron. It's time to think about what we're going to play next. We week. know what we're playing. It's Rocket Ranger. We're going to do Rocket Ranger. Rocket it's finally Ranger. time. 
We were holding favorites. off, but I can't hold off anymore. We can't hold Let's off do anymore. It. Let's do it. We haven't done Cinemaware for at least one week. I know. It's time. It's time for Rocket Ranger. Until next time, adios.